Hi, welcome back to the Manufacturing Come Up, where we go and dig deep into people's backstory and find out how they got to where they're at in the industrial automation industry and manufacturing industry. And we have an awesome guest here today, somebody who's been growing out their channel uh, with TwinCat, which is a very niche uh, target audience and, and, and helping out a lot of people in that space. Uh, so today we have Jacob Sagatoski. I can't pronounce the name for anything, so... We'll let Jacob pronounce his name for himself. Uh, you, you actually pronounced it uh, quite well. <laughs> Jacob Sagatowski. Yeah, I just don't, I don't got the proper tongue for it, I don't think. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I, I don't think I would say your name better, actually. So <laughs> you, it's all fine. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad to have you here today. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. It's really fun to be here. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, so I mean, you've you've been doing quite a bit. Uh, like you know, the premise of our of our of this channel. Uh, you know, we want to dig in. We want to get your backstory and kind of how you got to where you're at today, and uh, also uh, some different tips that you have for other people that are getting into this industry. Manufacturing as a whole doesn't have to be necessarily automation, but uh, yeah, we just want to let's go ahead and dive in. And and if you would give us a brief summary of where you're at in life right now, so. Uh, people have an understanding of, of what they can accomplish. This episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is a systems integrator specializing in robotic weld cell applications and especially the design and manufacturing of the weld fixture. If you have any robotic weld cell needs, you can reach us at RFQ at EliteAutomationUSA.com. Yes, so right now I'm uh, I'm running my own business. So I've been primarily working with I'm primarily working with uh, helping customers with their industrial automation projects. Uh, so I'm completely yeah I'm running my own business basically. Awesome, awesome. And so are you doing are you doing like capital projects? Are you just doing programming gigs, or what do you what type of things are you doing? Whatever is required. It's primarily it's primarily programming. Uh, so it's it's mostly uh, programming in in different on different PLC platforms, but also helping with a, a little bit of electric work. But even though this is where I'm, I'm I have very basic knowledge. But you know, as with industrial automation, you're you're doing a little bit of of everything, but primarily it's it's programming. Gotcha. Do you have any core focus PLCs that you're working on? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I'm mostly based on Codesys platforms and especially in Twinka 3. So I thought initially that this wouldn't be enough, you know, to be such a tiny niche, but uh, I have enough work to do actually, even with this, only with Twinka 3, I would say. So definitely mostly Beckoff. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, we have one guy on our team that's actually really strong at Beckoff. <clears throat> yeah, and I think it also, too, like just the fact that you focused at one thing, it has made it to where. Uh, you're able to actually touch people who are who are trying to work in that same common platform, and 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 it, and it positions you as an expert in the industry. Um, you know, you're you're probably putting out more content on the internet than anybody else uh, for TwinCat three uh, content. Yeah, I mean, the, the disadvantage I realize is, you know, when you work so much with one platform and you get out on the field and you encounter some other platform, then you feel a little like, ah, oh, shit, it's not, you know, it quickly <laughs> gets outside of your comfort zone. So I, I, I like to be specialized, but, you know, my general recommendation for people, you know, anyone actually wanting to get into the industry, and this is what I say to new people, is like, try to get a little broader picture, just work a little bit with everything, because it's also good, you know, because there's, there's, there's no platform that's the best, you know, that has, I mean, okay, I have opinions of course like which one i prefer but you know there's platforms that have you know 
everyone has their ups and downs. And, you know, this is what's nice with working with, yeah, maybe not answering your question, but uh, I definitely think you should work with just having one, one platform as your speciality. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I think especially at first, because <clears throat> that's one thing that kind of like, I'd say it was like a, it was a blessing, and a curse in my in my career. I also have a controls engineering background, uh, and I did more with Alan Bradley than anything else. But I, you know, I programmed like Proface, Automation Direct, some Siemens, like I mean, a little bit of everything, Mitsubishi, Omron, and so I, you know, I at least had like one one or two projects of all these different PLCs, and like it would just one, it's it's a lot harder whenever you go to do the the programming. Uh, and you've never done any programming in that platform before, right? Some of the things mm-hmm. that take you five minutes in a in another PLC takes you an hour to figure out how to do the same function. Um, yeah, 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 exactly. And and I should I should mention, I mean, the base core principles is the same across all platforms, right? And in some instances, it's even you even recognize yourself. I mean, again, going back to the thing I mentioned about codices, you know, if you work with codices, you know, it, it, if, if you work on one platform, it's, it's it's super easy to to jump on another one. You know, even some of the windows and everything look identical. So it's it's uh, yeah. yeah. There's lots of the things are, are just the same. Gotcha, gotcha. You tell us where, where you're calling us from today. Uh, I'm I'm uh, from Munich in Germany right now. So nice, nice. Quite, maybe we'll, maybe we'll have yeah. to pay you a visit one day. Yeah, or or the other way around, preferably. I haven't I haven't <laughs> been traveling for a while now, so I I really want to go and. Uh, as, uh, to the other side of the pool, so to speak. <laughs> Have you been to the U.S. before? Yeah, 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 many times. I mean, when I was oh, young, yeah. I loved to. I did all my uh, summer vacations, you know. So in Europe, you know, we have this long. In sweet, I, I was. I've been living in Sweden most of my life, and you know, there I have five or six weeks of vacation, and then I always went on this super long five-week road trips to the states. I know I I, I rented a Ford oh, Mustang yeah. and then just <laughs> drove around <laughs> everywhere. So I love it. I love it, and that's why it's a little annoying that I haven't been there for for a while now. Awesome. Yeah, I like that story. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, so I guess now if you would, if you'll take us back as far as you're willing to take us back, even if you want to go uh, as far back as like when you were a child, because I think those things are important to know, like, how were you growing up? Did, were you doing anything at all in this space? Did you like computers? Did you not like where you just had nothing to do with it? Uh, you know, my personal backstory is I didn't really do anything. I barely knew how to operate a, a computer 15 years ago. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Okay. Okay. No. No. This is uh, this is really an interesting question. This is actually something I ask everyone when I work with them. You know, how did you get into this? And it's basically everyone has a different story. I mean, I was very lucky. So, so I when I was a child. So we're, we're talking early eighties, mid mid eighties. Uh, I really, really, really wanted a computer. My parents couldn't afford one, but I just talked to them. Please buy me a computer. Please buy me a computer. Eventually. They bought me one, so I started out with something called the Commodore 64. I don't, I don't know if, if you're old enough, you probably know what type of computer this is. It's, it's a very <laughs> primitive and basic thing, uh, but so this is the way I started out. I I got into computing very very early uh, in my life, uh, and you know I uh, I'm very thankful for this because you know it's I didn't know it back then in the 80s. I didn't know that about it, but then I kind of you know it, it's it's made my life so much easier working in this because, you know, there's lots of jobs, lots of opportunities and everything. So, but that, that was my backstory. And then, uh, I, I just comp- uh, continued working with, with, uh, software development, basically with traditional software development. So not, not industrial yeah. automation whatsoever. And you know, then mm-hmm. I got a PC in the early nineties and, you know, then the whole thing with the web came to be a big thing in, in, 
in Sweden, we got very good infrastructure for the web, luckily for, for me. And, you know, then I started working with the web and then, then I thought, oh, this is really, really, really fun working with this. Industrial automation came, came much, much later. Uh, but computers have just always been there in the background. Hmm. So, What type of like programming, like what type of things were you programming in the very beginning? Yeah, so in the beginning, I mean, we're talking mid '90s. It was I, I was doing lots of web programming because, you, as you maybe you remember, you know, the, the web. You know, everyone wanted to yeah. do the web right. in the '90s. You know, it's like a, a web, 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 and there was just a huge demand for doing web. I mean, it still is. It was, but it was much, very much different then. And then it was just you know basic web programming. So in that instance, I was doing something called PHP, ASP, and lots of these web scripting languages. Um, after that, I started working with with C plus C and C plus plus. So because then I uh, got into the defense industry, uh, and then I discovered that hey, it's so fun to work you know close to the metal, to work with with real machines that you can actually you know the web you couldn't touch anything you know. Yeah. While, while with with the defense industry, it was just stuff you could really you could really touch and and, and move on. And you know that's kind of what got me into industrial automation because. That was even more fun, you know, with mm. with industrial and so uh, yeah, so that that's mostly the traditional languages, you know, C, C plus plus, Java, mm. Python, and and various web languages. Gotcha. I mean, it's it's all yeah. What what age were you around that time? Uh, I was a teenager, uh, early twenties. So really yeah. nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this was teenager, early twenties, and up until thirties, and yeah, so. Yeah, awesome. that was that was. And about what age? About what age did you start to find automation, and and how did that uh, happen? Uh, yeah, that was quite fun. I was, <laughs> uh, I was sitting on a train. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, this was ten years ago, so I was my mid thirties or something, and I was sitting on a train, and uh, just you know reading, and then a job came came about that showed, uh, yeah, that was really interesting. And I went there on an interview and they talked me about, yeah, we use PLCs. And I was like, what is a PLC? You know, I have no idea what a PLC was. I really literally had no idea what a PLC was. Even though I've been doing software for over 20 years, I never heard about the PLC. And they were like, yeah, do you know what it is? And I was like, yeah, I, that's no problem. I, you know, and I'm like, yeah, of course, I obviously failed on the test and everything, uh, but still they gave me a chance. And then I discovered, you know, the, the world of industrial automation. And I was like, I was hooked. I was like, how can I have missed this all my life? This is so <laughs> much fun, you know, because then suddenly I could I could do software like I like I loved to do, but I could get really, really close to the hardware, you know, and just see yeah. the stuff. I, I love, you know, you know how it is working with robots and motion control. You just see stuff moving and vibrating right. and making noises. And uh, it's just I, yeah. I, I guess I'm not answering your question, but that's this episode of the Manufacturing Come Up is sponsored by Elite Automation. Elite Automation is focusing on AMR technologies. AMRs are autonomous mobile robots used in your facility to transfer goods or products from one side of your facility to the other. This is a super powerful tool and it's a new piece of technology that us as systems integrators can utilize as a tool to leverage your company to be more advanced than the next company and be able to automate systems that at one point were not able to be automated. If you have any AMR needs, you can reach us at RFQ at EliteAutomationUSA.com. No, I mean, I, I definitely, I, I'm glad that you're mentioning it because like that's one of the biggest things for me. Like I love industrial automation and it's like, honestly, I don't know that I could ever do anything else different because it's just, 
I don't know, like you said, it's the movement of things, right? When you when you start to do all the programming, all the electrical wiring, all the mechanical engineering, all the things that go into it, and and you're involved in a project from the beginning, and then you get to see it deployed at the end and actually picking up something or moving something or welding yeah. or whatever it may be. Like Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and more importantly, much more importantly, is that it's not just, you know, software. It's all the other uh, skills, you know, that I, I see people with so many variety of skills. You know, I... I see people you know with electrical background you have people with mechanical engineering background you have clean pure automation engineers i mean you have the you have the operators you know so the, the operators working assistants and it's just such a nice mix of, of people you know but my, my old jobs then it was you know it was much more narrow it was really software software and you know I, sometimes i didn't even see the end user I had no idea who the end user was. You know, it was very, there was just many, many layers between me and the end user. Here I get, you know, I get much closer to, to everything else as well. So, and that's what I, that's another thing that I love with industrial automation and yeah. Awesome. So did you, did you go to school for anything industrial automation related or, or how did that transpire? No, no, no. I have, I have a master's in, in computer science. So I'm, I'm really a pure traditional programmer, computer science, no industrial, as I told you, when I found this job and, and I applied for it and I got to the interview and I, I never heard about PLCs. So I really, yeah, I, I have the traditional software backgrounds in, in that, in that. Gotcha. Well, but, but I mean, which, which one sense kind of also says that you can get into this industry in many different ways. Yeah. You know? Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And also to the, uh, you know, a software computer science degree is probably one of the best degrees outside of uh, anything automation related for, for the industry if you're going to be a programmer. In reality, I think that like anybody who's going to be a controls engineer should do a little bit of uh, like structured text programming and some type of computer programming first before going into uh, robotics just so they have like better programming practices. I see a lot of individuals that just don't have the best programming practices. Like they can make things work. And in all reality, like, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a really good programmer, but I'm really good programmer because I can get things done. I'm not a really good programmer because yeah. my, my, my code's always beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can... yeah, and that, yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's the most important thing, but you know, it's also the other way around, I would say, you know, so it's, it's, I, I fully agree with everything you say, but you know, one thing that I'm missing a lot, you know, coming from the computer background is, you know, when I'm on the uh, manufacturing floor or if I'm somewhere lo looking and have a problem, you know, if I need to do electrical work, you know, I, I feel completely disabled. I have no idea what to do, you know, and this is something I'm missing. I wish I, I had so. And, and, but that's at the same time one of the best things with industrial automation that there's just so many things you can special you can specialize in many things, but there's also many things you know you can just learn a little bit about just you know to to, to be able yeah. to get the job done, not just software but also all the all the other. I mean, I I didn't care about mechanical uh, engineering whatsoever, but now now yeah. you know when, when I see people, I'm interested. Oh, solid works. How does this work? Ah, yeah. oh, is this how it works? You know, it's just so much stuff that that and I mean the learning process. That's the absolute best thing about. Uh, about yeah. this yeah absolutely and i think it'll help it helps individuals a lot too that like if you're going to be a programmer that you learn some type of like physics or mechanical engineering or just even if it's some classes right so that way you can have like at least some intuitive knowledge of things like i notice some of the programmers that struggle the most that are like good programmers are programmers who like don't know how to turn a screwdriver a screwdriver yeah they can program yeah. really really well but they've never turned a screwdriver so then whenever it comes to like 
anything mechanical, like they don't understand like torques and like mm. gear ratios and things like that. And then, and then it becomes yeah. hard for them to adapt those skills to, to mechanical units. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and that's a fair point, you know, because that's also something, you know, just starting to work with industrial automation. If you're a software developer, you know, you will have to do, you know, if you're going to work with motion control, you will have to learn the stuff, you know, about, uh, you know, the, the mechanical aspects and, you know, getting an axis to move and it's, you know, about gear ratio and making sure, I mean, there's, there's lots of the things I really didn't care the slightest about and now right. working with this then you're just forced to to at least Figure getting to scrape on the surface of it. yeah yeah absolutely and like say for instance like with robots it's it's easier on the robot side of things because all the kinematic stuff has already been done yeah. but if you're doing some type of like servo system there's a lot yeah. of configuration that needs to go into that that you know yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly assistance. yeah 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 exactly and if it does it doesn't work it's it's quickly very obvious which i like i mean i i like the fast feedback cycle you get with industrial automation if you're connected to the machine and you know you, you instantly get feedback when when, when something isn't working no, oh, you, yeah, you push right. a, you push a button and you get something back <laughs> yeah. it makes a strange sound you know you you have to make some adjustments <laughs> i don't know why that robot crashed <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah definitely yeah, yeah. So, uh, so you got hired onto this position with a were they systems integrator? Uh, no, this was a pure software developer. Actually, they 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 wanted someone Excellent. just to take the responsibility for the software architecture in this case. Okay, in in yeah. the automation space. Well, it wasn't it wasn't a clean automation. It it was actually okay. a, a project where we developed. Uh, it, it was an energy system to manufacture uh, to produce electricity. Uh, okay. So uh, this the, the, so it, it was well. It, you can say it was manufacturing because we manufactured electricity. Uh, but uh, yeah, it was it, it was actually quite a, of an uh, what do you call it? Um, uh, what do you call it when it's a, it's a science project, so to speak? It's it's not like a R &D. you know it, yeah exactly R and D. Got gotcha. gotcha. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, so how long were you with this company here? Uh, I was there for th almost three years. Three years, gotcha. yeah. Which which is quite a which is a really good time frame, you know, to to get into, you know, because you get to work with a little bit of everything. You get to know, you just need, get to know about the stuff about PLCs, what PLCs are about, you know, because, yeah, just the basics sure. and about motion control, about safety. I mean, safety. I had no idea about the whole safety thing before industrial yeah. automation, and now I realize safety is, you know, if if you want, you could potentially work only with safety as a full time job, you know, if if you wanted to specialize. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just, yeah, I think, I think there's school. I don't recall. I mean, there was like definitely safety. The only safety related stuff that I remember going through was like lockout tag out. Yeah. I don't think yeah. there was ever like any like risk assessment stuff. And that was actually mm. one of the things that I did throughout my career is I did all the, the risk assessments for the, all the robotic cells that we outputted for the company that I worked with and uh whole, whole other yeah. ball game. I mean, it's, yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. And I mean, just if you look, if you go to any industrial automation fair, there's all of this, you know, safety sensors, safety PLCs and, you know, all, yeah, I had no idea about that stuff existed. And, you know, it, it, it's as you say, you know, I didn't, you didn't learn so much about the theory, you didn't hear about it. But once you got onto the manufacturing floor, once you got into working into this, you, you had to take this stuff into consideration and, and, yeah. and learn it and, yeah. and, be, and take responsibility for it as well. Yeah, absolutely. So where did you where did you transition after you spent your three years there? Uh, then I continued uh, working with industrial automation. I went to some tiny various projects. Uh, I started actually consulting a little bit uh, myself. Uh, okay. Then I 
I, I did some minor projects, then I got into a really big project here in Munich. And that's the reason why I live in Munich now, actually, because so I'm from Sweden, but I, I moved here for a job and then I <laughs> I installed Tinder on my phone and that then I met my wife here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, so that's why I'm in Munich. <laughs> so because I got the job. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I got a job here uh, working with the European Southern Observatory. They're, they're manufacturing the, the world, large, uh, biggest, the world's biggest uh, optical telescope for astronomical uh, studies. So I got into the science community a little deeper. And luckily for me, uh, they were doing this project and they needed someone with Beckhoff and Twinka 3 experience. So really? I, yeah, so I, it, it was just luck. I, I got the job and, and stayed there and met my wife. And yeah, now I'm now I'm stuck here, so to speak. So yeah, yeah that was that was also and, and that's, you know, interesting because for me, I always thought like, you know, industrial automation, that's just about manufacturing, manufacturing print, you know, circuit boards, manufacturing, uh, you know, whatever, you know, uh, right. parts for car, uh, just a million things. But here it wasn't like that. Here we had a project that, you know, was using PLCs to control mirrors in the telescope that's gonna you know that's gonna look at the stars and, and do science and I through this job I got into a community with many other people working on other you know projects like you know in, in yeah. CERN uh, with the uh, you know this big big huge machines doing this Nobel Prize science stuff and they're using PLCs using you know standard uh, PLCs like you used to just in a slightly different way and that just shows the flexibility of the PLCs that you can just you can adapt it for many many use cases, yeah. not just manufacturing. Yeah, absolutely. You can use them for just about anything. Yeah, yeah. Which which is uh, yeah. Sorry to, that I interrupt you, but it's, it's 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 what I I love about it because you know with with software development, I I think it's it's a little shame because you know with industrial automation, you you can really work with with so much stuff, and I think a lot of software developers. I mean, maybe I'm just talking from the perspective of my friends. But, you know, they have a lot of prejudices like, oh, those PLCs, that's boring stuff. Isn't that when you just flash a card and you put a card in and there's 80s technology? And it's not like that. It's not like right. that. You know? So, yeah. So. Yeah, absolutely. Is your, so has your programming been mainly like structured text type of programming or are you doing ladder as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've been doing ladder, but mainly structured text. And simply because of that's where my comfort zone is at. Uh, I mean, I, I do ladder because I obviously have to if you work in the industry you you you, right. you have to do it <laughs> but yeah. but you know if 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 i work if, if i have a responsibility for a new project and and i, and I have free hands which you most uh, where that yeah most often it's not like that that you have free hands but if i have free hands i go with structured text but you know usually it's, you you know how it is the, the customer decides and you adapt to it yeah yeah i mean my personal opinion with it is, is i don't I'm better at structured text or I'm, I'm better at, at ladder logic, but I like mm. structured text better. You mm. know, I just, I've I, had, yeah, I've had a lot more experience with ladder, but like, I just, your structured text is just so much better of a programming platform in my mind. Well, it, it, it's, it's up and downs. I mean, I, this is something that actually took me many years to understand about the industry. You know, if you, if you look at the use cases for me, you know, software development has always been just make the best software possible, you know, do, you know, write unit tests and stuff. I'm going to, maybe I'm going to talk more about that later, but, and then just provide us nice front end for the operators to do fault isolation. But I realized, you know, working in the industry now that it's not like that. You, you, you want that as well, but, you know, usually a lot of operators use the ladder stuff 
to, oh, yeah. to do fault isolation. And, and this is something, you know, I have people, you know, when I talk about this for software developers, I explain this and people are, why are you using ladder? Why are you using this graphical stuff? Oh, it's, and, and I mean, I understand the question is, of course, yeah, I, I understand that you might find it annoying and, and, you know, cumbersome, but this is just how the industry works. And, and, you know, you, you can't push for your stuff and say, this is the best. This is the best. Of course you have to adapt and, and make the best out of, uh, yeah. of the industry. So, so, and Absolutely. I mean, with that said, of course, there's stuff with ladder. I, I, I really don't like, you know, if you're going to do version control, it gets a little more complicated if you're going to do version control with ladder compared to, to a pure, uh, yeah. Uh, in language but yeah. but even today you know there's tools that actually help you with this as well so gotcha so whenever you going back to to whenever you started this position here how long did you st stick with that or were you consulting at that point uh no so you mean the 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 telescope uh I, yep. no i was i was hired so i i okay. stuck around for around uh, two years more or less finishing the the back of spe the twinket specific parts because exactly. i mean the, the the twinket stuff was just a tiny 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 fraction of the of the whole system i mean we actually had so this was controlling the the power distribution to to 132 cabinets powering the the pr primary mirror in the telescope so it was 132 plcs but they were all identical so you kind of just wrote one piece of software and then you you made sure to to clone them to, to all of them, and you know that mm -hmm. was a limited scope of projects. So it it took around two years, and the rest of the telescope, you know, is written with by traditional software developers. So you know Python, C, C Java, uh, and everything. So I, I and and then I I thought should I stay here? But then I couldn't work anymore with industrial automation, and you know I I, I want to continue working with industrial automation. So. You know, and, and then being being a consultant is is quite is quite nice. Yeah. So what are, what was your transition after that then? Uh, I well, I worked for a Swedish company back to manufacturing, doing flexible circuit boards. So this was a very specific machine. Uh, it, it's a it's a it's called dry face patterning. They're doing a flexible circuit board, but without any. Uh, without any chemicals or anything so it's basically mm -hmm. uh, i don't know what it's in english but it's it's a machine and then it has a print and then it just cuts out everything and then you get a nice uh, circuit board out of that so it's a mechanical process um mm -hmm. and then you know that that was quite nice for me because then i got to use you know this was really good because then you get close interactions with the operator you know how the end user is going to work so i did a little bit of front-end work and, and stuff like this and again going back to the greatness of industrial automation is that hey suddenly i could pick and choose a little bit of stuff i didn't know anything about you know like operator front end stuff and that's also something that uh, you know this is the thing i see with uh, working with other people other industrial automation engineers is you know they they write the plc software but a lot of them also do the front ends you know the buttons and everything on uh, on yeah. the it's, it, it's just a jack of all trades uh, as you call it in the states i think yeah yeah absolutely yeah, yeah i was definitely that was like, like I said, I, you know, I dealt with all different types of PLC platforms. I also did yep. a lot of the robot programming. I did vision programming, HMI programming. So mm -hmm. that was one thing that was definitely mm -hmm. unique about my career. Uh, I think anytime you mm -hmm. work with a smaller systems integrator as well, that like you end up getting stuck doing all, all different types of programming, especially if you're the type of individual that just picks up on things, you know, okay, I'll do it, whatever, I'll do it. Like that's how I got into risk assessments. I learned mm -hmm. electrical engineering, like, Mm -hmm. all these different programming platforms and it was all just because okay whatever i'll do it we don't have anybody else to do it i'll do it whatever but but, but did, did you do you have a background in electrical i mean did you did you study any electrical engineering or anything or oh. <sighs> not really i mean i did i had uh 
I did get an electrical like certification for my degree, yep. but you know, my, also my, my degree is, uh, I, well, my degrees are, are applied science degrees. So they're not even engineering degrees really. Right. Yeah, yeah. So I, I definitely, I, I did definitely get to learn like the fundamentals of electricity. And I, and also I knew from like back in my past, like I, you know, done, I, I've done all the work on my vehicles up to like a few years ago. Yeah. Like, you know, so I understood like, troubleshooting some like electrical things and, and things like that. So um, I also had like an intuitive knowledge. I did uh, like residential commercial construction stuff a little bit. So uh, I understood mm -hmm. light switches, light bulbs and yeah. fans and stuff like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm asking because, you know, this is one of the things, my, my weak points, you know, every time I have to do some electrical work, I, I, I don't dare to touch anything. You know, I, I know I'm going to start a fire if I try. So I, this is just one of the fields I, I really love to, to get deeper into. It's just that I actually don't feel quite where to start. I don't know. Where should I start, you know, to get into the field of electrical? So far, it's been a little bit of wiring. And, you know, I, I always look at the guys building the cabinets, you know, and ask them questions. And I look at the electrical drawings just to, to, to understand it. I don't yeah. know whether this is the right way or if there's another better way to get into this. Yeah. I mean... Definitely like looking at any of the particular projects that you're working on, because like, I mean, say for like all the things that I've electrically engineered, most of the things have been robotic applications. Mm -hmm. um, so definitely anything that's involved with like the robot. So like definitely on the older systems, there was like safety relays for all your safety circuits. There was, um, you know, conveyors and VFDs. And in my mm -hmm. mind, the, at least the electrical engineering for what we do, I don't, I barely call it electrical engineering mm -hmm. because like, a lot of the things have have the electrical electrical engineering built into it, right? If you have a VFD, like you know, now you're doing over Ethernet. So you give the thing it's it's 480, and you give it you know it's 24 volt signal, and then or then you're good, you know. And and there's really not you know, or if you're doing your like if it's like Alan Bradley and you have like your STO signals, then like you know if you're doing that as a hardwired connection, but like you, us as a company now we try to do everything over Ethernet, so yeah. like. It's CI and we're using CIP safe everything. So mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. and safety PLCs. So there's pretty much zero electrical wiring going on between like a PLC and a VFD. Mm -hmm. Whereas mm -hmm. whereas before, I mean, you had like I don't know, maybe like twelve wires, twelve, fifteen, something like that, wires or something mm -hmm. that uh, went to a, a, a VFD. Um, and now it's just power supply wires, really. And a lot of devices are getting smarter, and that's kind of becoming the case. It's just it's just your power wires, and then like you know your other. Uh, communication protocols like io link it's just a single oh, yeah another single yeah yeah line. um yeah yeah you're right i mean if you think about it there's lots of stuff in in you know if you're if you're using one of the industrial uh ethernet protocols you know for 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 back of they're primarily using etcat and that's the same there if you want to do safety you have the safety in the same wire as, as the rest of the drive communication and as you say, yeah. IOLink, I mean, I get quite happy when I use IOLink because I know if there's a problem, I, it's just one wire from the IOLink master to the IOLink slave. And I don't have to think, care about, you know, all this other stuff yeah. that, that you, all the variants. There's just yeah. one way to wire it. So, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, I, and I think that, like, that just makes, like, the engineering of a project so much easier, both on the install side of things, the engineering side of things, like, pretty much every aspect of it, like, you either just have like a bad device or a bad cable and like, and if you have something like a bad cable, it's like unplug the cable, plug another one in, reroute another yeah. one, you know, yeah. or, you know, like, uh, cause like say for instance, like we try to avoid doing any like hardwired connections. Like generally, mm -hmm. like if we have uh let's say like a conveyor, 
we'll try to mount like a small enclosure on it and then just do like an ANT module uh, and run Ethernet from that on Bradley PLC to the ANT oh. module. And uh, we try to do that as much things as possible. I mean, given like sometimes it like the cost effect, the cost justification of like, we need to run this cable like five feet and, yeah, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. Sometimes you just hardwire it, but um, mm-hmm. it's become easier. So, like, I guess going back into like the the electrical engineering side of things and like learning that, um, I would suggest learning like the thing that is the most applicable to the thing that you're going to be doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, like, for us, it's robotic sales. So, anybody that's going to join mm-hmm. our company that says, "Hey, I want to, I want to learn electrical engineering," so we'll say, "Okay, here's." electrical engineering prints for all these different projects that we have. You know, this one has a Kuka robot. This one has a Fanuc robot. Yeah. Just like, look at the differences. This one has CIP safe. This one doesn't. Mm. This is the discrete connection. Um, and we do, you know, we, ha- we have to get involved in that because, you know, budget mm. really. I mean, yeah, like yeah. you look at like a Kent's like CIP safety scanner, you're at like 5k for a laser, mm. laser scanner. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think their non non safety or non CIP safe one is like $2,000. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So sometimes it's hard to get a customer to want to pay that, like double the price just to have a CIP safe signal, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. It only makes the life easier for you, but for them, it doesn't make any difference. Yeah, they so don't it's... care. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Yeah. Another big yeah. thing Another big thing that we try to sell the customer on with, with going CIP safe is the ability to like log in and make edits. And mm. you know, like a lot of the, lot of the uh, laser scanners, you have to still use like a USB cable. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. being able to program over Ethernet is like nice and just it's the remote support side of things. Hey, mm-hmm. you're you're having yeah. an issue with your laser scanner? Like we can log in mm-hmm. remotely and like look and see like what's causing mm-hmm. this this uh you know mm-hmm. false trigger or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's quite important. I, I, I you shouldn't take that for granted. Actually, I mean, I, I I think I've been a little spoiled with the connection possibility that I can at any time connect to the customer and help them. But I realized that it's, I mean, I'm just born in the, in the right age where, where I can do <laughs> stuff like this. You know, I, can, I can sit on, on, on a train or sit somewhere else at a hotel and, and do lots of this. Yeah. Now I, now at the last 10 years, I've taken it for granted. I do it all the time, but yeah. I mean, at the same time, it's a plague because, you know, maybe you work a little more than you should sometimes because you right. can always work. Right. Yeah, you're supposed to be doing dinner with the family and yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so a USB cable or network cable isn't always better. <laughs> yeah, awesome. So whenever, so like your transition, okay? So you went and you worked for this other company. What was your What was your next transition? Uh, yeah, no. Then, then I started to to uh, look into starting my own business because you know, I mean, that was the time. I think that was more or less the time when I started my, uh, my I uploaded my first YouTube video, uh, you know, mm-hmm. about Twinkat tutorial, uh, and that got, yeah, much bigger response than I thought. You know, I did it as a hobby. You know, I did it a little bit in. I spent a little bit of time in the beginning as a hobby, and, and yeah, I mean, it is still a hobby. But uh, then uh, a lot of people started contacting me, you know, just saying thank you and. But then uh, opportunities start, started to pop up with people that needed help with their automation projects. So they were thinking about doing a little bit of programming themselves if they could have someone to, to just teach them a couple of hours. And you know, I just quickly realized, hey, maybe maybe I should do my own business. And that's what I'm. That's when I transitioned into running my my company full time. Awesome. How long ago was this transition? It's been it's been gradual, but uh, formally full time from first of August. 
so it's this year <laughs> so oh, really Congratulations. yeah 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 so so yeah thank you thank you yeah very recently but uh but you know before i was doing it uh, part-time but then it i actually was more than i should and um so mm. now i enjoy it because you know there, there's there's enough work in industrial automation there's just enough work for everyone you know it just feels like there's an infinite amount of projects yeah. around the yeah. corner yeah there's definitely a ton out there one thing that like for for us as a business and for me myself mm. one of the things mm. when i started this company I went, how long ago was it sorry uh, how long ago was uh three years ago three years ago yeah and so like whenever i started one of the things that i told myself is i wouldn't do uh programming support gigs because mm. like my mm. big vision for the company is i wanted to, i want to be uh doing capital projects which is what we do as yeah. a company right mm. and like making that transition from like a nine to five job into mm. a uh you know, a business owner, right? Like one of the fears there was that I would start doing a lot of contract work and I'd be happy with making, you know, 150, $200,000 a year or whatever it is. And, and be like, huh, I don't know about, I don't know about having a whole entire company. Like, let me just keep mm. doing what I'm doing here. You know, mm. uh, just mm. getting like too comfortable with it. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I think it's, I mean, and, and yeah, for, for me, I mean, it's, it's so, I'm so new in the game right now. I'm just enjoying the, the benefits of, of running my, my thing that I can, I mean, I can talk wow. with you now. I don't have to take time off work. I can, yeah, I, before calling here, I went with my wife, I went doing groceries. I mean, that's the thing that, and especially in programming, you know, doing stuff, the customer doesn't care whether you do it, uh, yeah. you know, three o'clock in the afternoon or if you do it on a Saturday nine in the evening. They, they don't care as long as you deliver the results. You, as long as you make them happy, they're gonna, you know, yeah, it, it doesn't matter. So absolutely, are you are you doing quite a bit of uh, like remote programming gigs then? Yeah, yeah, uh, it's 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 a few. I mean, it it it, it hasn't been so many so far. Uh, uh, remote and and i mean everything is remote because i have to uh, remotely connect and, and and do stuff but so far it's i'm mostly doing new projects actually so it's all in the startup phase gotcha so so yeah. you know doing you, uh, doing yeah you're not you're not really having to go on site or anything at the moment though right i sorry they're going going on site uh, yeah yeah i'm i'm doing that actually so i'm you actually are. going to to sweden in a couple of weeks uh, i'm mm -hmm. going to be there a week on site and, and then i'm going to the states in a couple of months uh, oh, nice. do it as well so yeah yeah no i'm i'm i mean i'm uh i'm, I'm looking forward to it because of course i i don't want to get too i don't want to get too far away from the machines you know i i don't right. want to get too comfortable sitting in my home and being yeah. lazy it's it's yeah. very important to to be on site it's very important to meet uh, the operators uh and yeah, meet your customer and yeah i, I mean i i love doing that yeah absolutely that's one big thing like still like mm with the company I try to almost always be like on the customer site like mm -hmm. I went I went to India to do a project install and like I didn't I didn't have to go but mm. I, I just I just want to go right I want to go there be with our team be with the the customer and and just kind of oversee things you know um mm. I'm at the point with the company now where I don't have to do a lot generally if I'm helping somebody it's on like some programming thing mm. um but yeah, it's just it's that fact of like just being in front of the customers, like, you know, yeah. and, and being able to, to be in the environment and being around the equipment. I think it's a big, yeah. big thing too. anybody that's looking to get into this industry, like 
if you can just somehow find a way to get uh, around the equipment, like you're better off. You're better off. Like if you, if you had a choice of like you're, you're in college, you want to work while you're in college, like don't go work at McDonald's, go work at like a manufacturing facility. Yeah. You know? yeah. Go, go see like the pieces of equipment and, and try to find a manufacturing facility where they have like assembly equipment or like conveyance systems or like, Something where you can look at the things, and while you, maybe you're an operator, that's all you're doing is being an operator at first. It, but you know, you're, you're being your operator, and you're doing whatever your daily task is. But you can look around, and you can say, okay, mm. like, oh, here's these mm. conveyors over here doing this. Here's, you know, or maybe you get to work yep. with like a, a little special purpose machine, right? And you put some mm. things in it. You do some two hands, and then uh, the, the you know the machine has all this actuation that does all these different tests and whatnot. Um, yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's a very important thing you're mentioning because we're actually one, one of the best, you know, PLC programmers I've seen are actually, you know, they're, they're people that have actually been on the floor. So one of the best ones I know have actually been very for a very long time on the floor, just maintaining machines. And then mm -hmm. it's, it's thought, oh, maybe I should do PLC programming. You know, and when I discuss stuff with him, you know, he has a completely different perspective than me. And and I'm a little jealous sometimes of him because, you know, he's, he really knows so much stuff about, you know, where about have you thought about this and, and this? And like, you know, yeah, that that would be, you know, it's stuff that I should think of before starting to think about the software and because he has a completely different background perspective. And, th and that's what I'm just constantly mentioning this. I've mentioned it before that, you know, it's really automation. Industrial automation is just such a big, you know, jack of all trades. You you you, you can work with so many different things. And, and that's one of the good things also, you know, like how do you get into industrial automation? And I wouldn't say that it's just one way. You can come with so many different backgrounds. And, mm -hmm. and and get into it yeah so. yeah absolutely that's as as a systems integrator company like that's one of the biggest uh blessings that we have is just the fact that like we can facilitate so many different types of of employees right mm. um and so like whenever we go to talk with like colleges or or high schools or something like that it's like anybody can find a job within our company even even if you're going to do like HR or something, right? Yeah, like yeah, there, yeah. like there's all your normal business stuff, and then there's basically every type of like engineering you could probably think about. Maybe we don't do like chemical engineering or something, but um... yeah, 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 <laughs> exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and I notice also that people getting into industrial automation, you know, a lot of people are really curious. You know, they maybe start with the electrical, but then get really curious how do these PLCs work, or the other way around, you know. And uh, I, I think that this, this is really fascinating. And, it, and it's not something I saw as often in the traditional software industry. You know, then you really work with your software. You, you didn't have to touch any of the dirty stuff. You know, you, you were just in your clean, nice office. Here, it's it's much more, you know, where people want to uh, broaden themselves more to just software or electrical. And yeah, um, I, 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 I like it a lot. It probably makes it much easier to hire people as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think so. I definitely think so. Yeah. Do you have uh, any any last uh, points that you'd like to add that you think would be valuable to the community? Yeah, actually, in general, I, I of course want to say I love industrial automation. I, I really, really uh, like to work with it. And I mean, so just my perspective of it coming from the traditional software uh, with a traditional software background, what I love with industrial automation is that it's so easy to get started going. You know, I can download all the some tools. I can I can basically, you know, if I if I want to create an uh, field bus uh, industrial network, you know, and start to communicate with some IOs, it literally takes me, I do a right click and add an ETCAT master or a Profinet master, whatever, 
you know, I add some some slices, I add some sensors, and you know, it literally takes me. I mean, when I started with with it, it took me like two or three hours to to you know have a, have a running system. Mm. That's something you know, it's 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 much much easier than working with traditional software uh, development, where you know just getting a development environment up and running can you know can take days. I mean, if 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 you don't have the right background and knowledge. Yeah. So with, with that said, you know, there's a lot of stuff I love about industrial automation, but there's a lot of stuff I hope in the future and that's going to change. So there's a lot of stuff that industrial automation, that software development, traditional software development has been doing and developing over decades and over a long time mm -hmm. that industrial automation could learn from, you know, about configuration management, version control. And, you know, if, if I get into a machine, so what, what often happens, I get into a machine and I'm going to uh, try to find a fault. And getting all the tools and everything can be quite tricky. Sometimes, you know, the project is on a USB stick somewhere or someone has it on a hard drive. You know, yeah. it, it's a little bit of work for me to get all the tools I need, you know, just to, to connect to the PLC and get going. And, you know, traditional software development, they, they solved all of these problems about version management and, and configuration management in general. And they're doing it in a very, very good way. And I'm hoping, of course, that a lot of these practices will come to industrial automation as well. So... And I'm saying this so it's good in both ways. You know, there's lots of stuff in industrial automation that I wish was better in traditional software development, but it's also true the other way around. And uh, but I've seen this started to change already, so yeah. I'm really uh, looking forward to this the coming years. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely, industrial automation is is for sure behind in the in in in, in just technology as a whole. Yeah, like, I mean, yeah. go ahead. Yes, sorry. My, my my biggest issue is actually just the fact to get going. You know, I I, I get I probably gotten close to one thousand messages from people, you know, contacting me and everything. And a lot of people are, you know, just the thing. They're just happy that they can get going easily. And I think this is something, you know, I it really annoys me with industrial automation. It's a lot of pay to play game you know you have to pay software licenses there's a lot of stuff you have to pay just to get going and a lot of young people you know that want to yeah. discover what this is about it's a little tricky so yeah i mean yeah yeah that part does definitely suck for sure yeah i mean it's like yeah. touching alan bradley software i mean it's like yeah i know i know <laughs> yeah yeah that and then that's you know that's fine for me i mean working you know i i usually let the yeah. customer pay anyway but in, in, in one way or another, the customer is obviously going to pay. But, you know, if you don't have a customer, if you don't have anyone, you know, you're going to work with, uh, yeah. you're 20 years old, you're fresh from university or going to university. I and mean, what are you going to do? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And then and then on top of that, it's like, then if you don't, if you go to like one of the free-based platforms, then you're, then you're gaining mm. experience on a platform that's not exactly going to apply. Sure, you can learn some ladder and, and, yep. and definitely mm. gain some experience, but... I am like, like we talked about in the very beginning of this, like you should probably, you should stick, go with a platform, stick with it, learn it very well. And, uh, you know, build a good fundamental strength on that platform. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Awesome. Jacob, I'm glad to have you. Where, where, where can people find you at? Uh, they can find me well on YouTube. <laughs> That's number one. So I have a YouTube channel, uh, youtube.com slash Jacob Sagatowski. Uh, and then I have a website, just sagatowski.com. So it's my last name.com. So it's it's quite easy. And on LinkedIn, obviously, where there's lots and lots. I mean, I like LinkedIn because you meet a lot of really, really good people there and with lots and lots of good knowledge, like like we came in contact with each other. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah I don't. LinkedIn is like definitely by far my number one platform. Yeah. And 
you know, I'm on like, I'm on like Facebook, but like realistically, like my primary mm-hmm. reason for being on like a Facebook is to reach an audience that is not already in like our industry mm-hmm. or just in a, in a, in a career path. Because like generally most people, I would say, I don't know what the percentage is. I'm actually curious about this now, what the percentage of people who are like career driven and have like career goals who have a LinkedIn versus, versus those who don't have like career goals are on LinkedIn. Cause I almost guarantee like if somebody doesn't have any like career goals at all, they're probably not on LinkedIn at all. Mm. Yeah. You know? Yeah. 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 Definitely love yeah. LinkedIn. Um, yeah. 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 And, and, and another thing, I mean, what I like with LinkedIn is I, there's so people uploading so many stuff. I'm learning so much stuff and, you know, I'm always trying to, to look at people that, that are, are, you know, better than me, know much more because it's just a lot a lot of stuff you can learn from from other people oh yeah absolutely um, yeah. yeah absolutely and i definitely advise everybody go check out his channel uh he has a pretty big audience for our industry and uh definitely making a uh, a big impact and, and kind of give us a, a brief description of what your what your YouTube channel is about well, so my my channel is uh, as you said it's it's primarily about twinka three so it's primarily about uh, plc programming in the back of uh, environment in the back of world so Twinket and simply because this is the platform I've been working on the most. So I have some other stuff uh, on my channel. I mean, my channel has nothing to do with my company. My channel is named Jacob Sakatowski. So it's it's a private thing. I Beckoff don't pay me anything. Everyone thinks I'm affiliated with Beckoff. No, no whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> it's just a private, it's just stuff I, I've done on my steps, spare time, just trying to, to share my knowledge with, with other. Because I mean, again, industrial automation is the, it's the most fun thing I know. I, I love working with industrial automation and I want more people to enjoy this uh this wonderful uh, industry yeah absolutely i think we should get a hold of beck off though i think they, i think they need to be paying you <laughs> <laughs> yeah maybe maybe they can sponsor me with some hardware or something if i'm yeah. gonna work with something that, that that so if anyone from beck off is is watching this you're of course welcome to sponsor me with some hardware but <laughs> but but the thing is i still want to be independent because you know i, I still want to if i'm not happy with something i still want to be able to say this sucks and, and I do yeah. that quite often, you know, I say, oh, this is, this is not bad. Why is this a bug? Why does this, why is, why has this not been translated from German to English? <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's another big thing for us too, like brand, brand agnostic, like where we're, you know, regardless, whatever partnership any company wants to have with us. Um, I don't ever want any of them to like pigeonhole us into like mm. only using one product. Yeah. Or, or also like you, like you said, being able to just give your raw opinion on something. Yeah. I think that's yeah. super important. Yeah, exactly. If you pin, then, you know, then it removes, then it's not going to be as fun anymore. And and if I, I only run my YouTube channel because I think it's fun. And if the fun is removed, then I can just, then, then I, I'd rather not. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And Jacob, I'm glad to have you today. Glad you joined Thank us. Thank you very much. Shared, shared your backstory. Thank you very much for inviting me. Awesome. Catch you around. Okay, see you.